0: Welcome back to another episode of Her Daily Drive, I'm Sarah, and these podcasts are here to inspire and encourage you to find your daily drive in Jesus, through hearing lots of different stories of other women who are already on their journey with Him. joining us for another week everyone. A little bit later today as it is the Easter holidays and I'm enjoying my sleep-ins. Today we're going to talk to Kerry. So welcome Kerry. Thank you. Kerry, I personally am really looking forward to the practical steps you're going to give us in our interview about um, finances and budgeting. But first of all, can you tell us a little bit about your testimony? I wanted to talk
1: about grace because obviously when you become a Christian you learn a lot about grace and the fact that we're saved by grace. But grace in my testimony has been very important for me. I first went to Sunday school when I was five. My parents sent me to Sunday school. They didn't go themselves, but for some reason they thought it would be really good for my sister and I to go. And I remember it wasn't that long after I started going that I loved all the Bible stories. I loved all the stories about God and about Jesus. And I remember my Sunday school teacher said to me, Jesus wants to be your friend. He wants to come into your life. And if you ask him into your life and you repent of your sin, and at five, I didn't really know what sin was, if you repent of your sin, he will come into your life. I So I did because I knew God was real. I really believed he was real. And I loved the stories, the Bible stories. But I remember after doing that as a little girl, I didn't feel any different. And I was too embarrassed to tell the Sunday school teacher that I didn't feel any different. And I didn't have anyone at home I could talk to about it. So that kind of set a tone for what my childhood looked like after that. I continued to go to Sunday school because my parents sent me until they didn't send us anymore but I always felt like I was a long way from God not because of anything that was said but because of how I felt on the inside I felt like I wasn't good enough and as I said that set a tone for how I felt about my childhood. When I became a teenager, we moved to Port Macquarie and my parents had been in business. We moved a lot and I I found it hard to make friends. When I moved to Port Macquarie, I got in with a surfing crowd. They were quite wild. I had come from a very strict upbringing, but because they were wild, it kind of led me into this place where I didn't know how I should behave and I watched a lot of the way they behaved and was drawn to them because they were my peers and I was lonely and I needed friends and when you move a lot you don't make friends easily so I was attracted to having friends, and so I started to do the things they did. When I was 14, my boyfriend was electrocuted, and um, I remember at that time, it really hit me. I think I was faced with mortality, and as a young child, we don't often have to face mortality unless somebody in our family dies, but it really shocked me, and it scared me, And and of course, I was grief stricken but I didn't know God and I had no one to talk to about it. I always think back to those times now that I'm a Christian and I know that the Lord was with me. The scriptures always oh, it says that I think it's in um, Joshua one eight I will never leave you or forsake you. Just as I have been with Moses, I'll be with you. And it's the Lord talking to Joshua. And I look back now on that and I think, you know, the Lord never left me. He never forgot I was there. He always was with me, even though I didn't feel like he was close. I felt like he was far away. I watched um, my best friend. She was wild and um, she became pregnant. I think at the time, we were a bit younger, I wasn't, I think I was uh, 13 or 14, and I remember she decided to have an abortion because she didn't want her parents to know. Back then it was very unacceptable to to be pregnant at that age, and um, her her parents, she said, would have killed her. I don't think they would have, but I was so scared. I really knew it wasn't the right thing to do, but I didn't know how to tell her anything different. And I watched her go into the clinic and come out, and she was crippled up in pain and I went home with her that day on the bus and I just felt wretched because I thought this is so wrong and even now sometimes I'll think back to her and I say I often pray Lord I hope she's found you and she's found that acceptance and she knows that she was acting out of ignorance and that you are a loving and a caring God and that you would embrace her. When I was 16 I had two Two more of my friends were killed in a a drink driving accident and um, by this time I was quite depressed about life. I couldn't see meaning in anything. I knew there was a God, I still knew there was a God but I didn't even know in my ignorance I didn't even know that I could cry out to him for help. But just those sorts of things that happened to me as a young girl just about destroyed my life. It made me scared. It made me worry about what my life would look like as I got older, if I became more and more like them. I finished school. I was actually very good at school, surprisingly. And I finished school, went to college and got a job in an accountancy firm because I'm an accountant. At that time, um, my boss was a Christian and I didn't know. But I, I feel like, see, that was the plan that God had for me. He just started to talk to me about God and I knew there was a God, I'd always known. I almost wanted to tell him not to talk to me about it. You know, I felt like saying, look, Tom, just don't talk to me about it. God won't like me. God doesn't love me. God has already rejected me. But I didn't even know, I didn't. wasn't even brave enough to say that. So I used to listen to him. And for my birthday that year, I was 19, he gave me a Bible. And I thought it was the most wonderful thing that anyone could have given me. I didn't understand it. And I didn't want, I remembered the stories, but I found the Bible really hard to read. And he started inviting me home to with his family to have meals. And I just thought they were so loving and so kind. I'd never met people like them before. I remembered back to my Sunday school teacher, but I just thought, wow, they're just so lovely and they have something I can never have. I felt like God had rejected me and that I had made so many bad choices in my life that he wouldn't want me now anyway. But I want to take you back to scripture in Ephesians 2a, where he says, by grace, I have been saved through faith and not yourself. It is a gift of God. And I now look back on that and know, yeah, wow, God was looking after me all that time. He knew where I was. He hadn't forgotten where I was. And even though inside myself, I had this deep pain um, and I'd been through a lot of pain with my friendships and people that had died around me. I didn't get to a point where I wanted to take my life, although I had thought about it a couple of times. But when I started work and was working with Tom, I felt like something was changing inside me. And I remember, he invited me to a crusade and I went um, and I was really scared to go because I knew it would be about God and I thought you know why would I go I just will feel rejected again I just will feel like God doesn't want me I already know he can't love me I'm too bad but I went I went with him I remember I was sitting there in this crusade the minister at the front was talking about Jesus and how he loved and I felt like he was talking just to me he's saying you know God loves you he cares about you he wants to be in your life but I just started to cry I just started to sob uncontrollably because I thought gee that's so much what I want but I can't have it and um, I've already tried that and God didn't want me but he kept talking and it was like I just couldn't stay in my seat and he said if you want to have Jesus in your life you come out to the front and I almost felt like I'd been compelled out the front and it was the strangest feeling because when I was standing out the front all I, I just couldn't stop shaking and I was just sobbing so bad because I was so scared that God wouldn't want me. And I remember I just stood there and even today, sometimes I think back on that very day and it's like time splitting two for me. That was the darkest part of my life before that and it changed at that point. I remember he came along and he just prayed for each person and he laid hands on me and all of a sudden I actually fell over and um, I didn't even know what had happened to me. And I was just sitting on the the floor in this room. But I felt this amazing, overwhelming sense that Jesus had his arms around me. And all I could hear was him saying, Kerry, I love you. Kerry, I love you. You matter. You are mine. I died for you. I just felt like I kept hearing these words. And it was, it just changed my life. My My life turned around 180 degrees from that moment. all go through dark times we go through times where we sometimes wonder if the Lord's there but let me just say that he wants to be there in our lives with us all the time and you may have a memory like I'm just I've been sharing where there was a time when your life just um, changed, and you knew that Jesus was real, and that the Lord loved you and He cared for you. Think back to that, and and you, and for me, I'll never forget how real that is in my life. But if you haven't had that experience, you need to know that you can, and it's only a matter of reaching out, and 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 the Lord will be there for you.
0: Carrie you briefly mentioned your journey into becoming an accountant. Can you tell us a little about your background in that? Yes, I've been, I'm not going to tell you how long I've been an accountant because that's going to give away my age,
1: but all my adult life I've been an accountant and worked in finance. I started when I was about 19 after I had been to college and I worked in an accountancy firm. So um, I know a lot about finance and I know a lot about budgeting because that's kind of where my life has gone. Most of my working life I've worked in finance and analysis and looking after money. So that's what I do. Can you tell us what the Bible says in regards to finances? Yeah, um... It's an interesting subject because it talks about tithing in the Old Testament and it talks about being a good steward in the New Testament. It doesn't talk as much about giving a tenth of your money in, um, in the New Testament, but God is very interested in the way we handle money. It talks a lot in the Bible about not being any man's debtor. And um, there's a great proverb that Jesus shares about the rich man. He went to one of his servants and said, you know, you owe me this money. You need to pay it back. The servant said, but I don't have it. And uh, the rich man said to him, well, I will forgive you your debt. The servant then went to somebody that owed him money and would not forgive him the money that he owed, even though his own master had been so generous with him. Sarah, so there are a lot of scriptures that talk about the way we look on money, the way we deal with money with other people, probably our attitude to money, but also being a good steward of it and giving God our first, our first fruits, or well, the Bible talks all the way through about giving our first fruits
0: are there any examples in your life that show the benefit of following what God has told us to do with our finances? Many
1: times in my husband's and my life, we have been challenged about the way we live and um, the way we look on money. Often we have been in a situation where we've really felt the Lord say to us, I want you to give this amount of money to either that person that's in need or to something that the church may be raising money for. Um, And sometimes we feel like, but no, we don't want to do it. It's our money, God, and we want to hold on to it. But every time we've been obedient to that, it's not that we've then gone to our bank account and had thousands of dollars there but we've always felt like the Lord has blessed us we have never ever gone without and even though for a lot of our married life we have been pastors in a church and not earned a lot of money we have always felt like we've been blessed um, and we've never wanted for anything and I feel like that's a principle of the way we deal with our money um, that God will bless us if we are good stewards of what we have we're
0: considerate of others and that um, we give generously So being a young woman, I know that I definitely struggle with this and I'm sure a lot of our listeners struggle with this too. When it comes to tithing and spending and knowing what to do with our money, what are some practical principles you can offer us? Not so much now,
1: but when I was younger, I used to talk a lot about budgeting to young women and how how do you deal with it? I remember when my children were young, especially when they were teenagers, everybody always wants to have the best clothes and, you know, go out and be able to buy whatever they want. And so they'd always come and say, can I have that new pair of jeans? I want those types of jeans because everyone else has got those jeans. And I remember what I did with my kids at that point was I gave them each a clothing allowance they had a clothing budget for a year. And I said, you can have this amount of money every year for clothes, but you have to decide what you're going to spend it on because once it's gone, the money is gone. So I think my kids learnt quite young that they needed to know how to spend money, especially on clothing, which is really important when you're young. But what I've said to young people when I've talked to them about budgeting is that whatever you earn, you should pray and see what you should give the Lord as the the first fruits of your earning and that should be a commitment because the lord has given us everything anyway and so we should always give to him first so i always think that's a principle but i'm not going to tell you how much that should be that's between you and god um the scriptures talk a lot about it and you can look it up and you'll see where it talks about a 10th or a tithe but um, i think that's a very individual thing but i do think then you should have a principle where you always say okay um if i have a mobile phone Or if I'm renting, then I have to commit whatever that money is that I owe for those things because that is not your money. You have actually signed a commitment or an agreement to pay that money for your phone plan or the rent or your electricity bill. You've actually signed an agreement. So you will be a debtor if you don't actually put money aside for those things. So I always say, always work out over the next three months or whatever the period of that particular agreement is how much you have to pay and work that out on a weekly basis and always put that money aside. Any money that you are committed to pay to somebody else for those sorts of things should be put aside. And then you should always try and save a tenth of your money, at least 10% you should be putting away for special things or your future or providing an inheritance, you know, for the future. always put. A, you should always be saving some money. Once you've paid your bills and you put away for the future, you've given the Lord your first fruits, then you have spending money and you should feel free to use that money um, either to bless your friends or whatever, but that's your money then. And I think it sets you free. People sometimes feel like when you budget, it actually binds you to living a certain way, but it actually sets you free. It gives you a freedom to spend money. You actually think, I can spend this. This is my money. I can go and buy clothes with this. This money is for that purpose and it sets you free to have an enjoyable life. So rather than making it feel like you're restrained or constrained by a budget, it actually allows you to spend money and never feel a pressure every time a bill comes in the mail. You actually know you have the money for it because you put it aside. And so that's the principle you should live by.
0: And I just want to say on that, that you have actually taught me those exact principles that you're talking about. And I can honestly say that having a budget and planning what I'm going to do with my money and having that spending money each week is really freeing.
1: And I bet you're excited about being able to save for the future because you know that it's kind of fitting into place Mm -hmm. and your goals, you're reaching your goals because you've been able to do that.
0: Yeah, it's awesome. Kerry, before we finish today, do you any final words of encouragement for our listeners? My final words about budgeting
1: is make sure that you realize it's a gift of God. Um, treat it as though you're looking after it. And that way it'll give you a better perspective about money. It's not something that we hoard away and we're selfish with. Be generous. And when you have a generous spirit with your money, I think the Lord blesses you. And then my final thought is just remember how gracious the Lord is. It doesn't matter how bad you think you are or how far away from God you think you are. His grace is sufficient for us and He loves us and He wants to have a redeeming
0: relationship with us. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. I've really enjoyed it. For daily verses and encouragement, you can find us on Instagram at Her Daily Drive. Have a great week, everyone.